10. It's 10 a.m. and you're on 7, is that right? Uh, yeah, 7 p.m., yeah. It's, that's so a good time for me, so. Where exactly are you? Which which part? Uh, you're, you're in a city, you're in the countryside? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in a city. I'm in the um, national capital, actually. Um, it's uh, 200 miles inland from Sydney. Okay. So, so okay. We, we operate on Sydney time. Uh -huh. you know, okay. Eastern, Eastern Standard. Yeah, so you're in London, I gather. Yeah, just outside. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it's it's the same throughout. You've been to the UK a few times. I know it's um, it's uh, the same deal. You can sort of uh, skip too far and you miss it, I guess. You know, it's... Uh, what's what's the name of the place? I'm in a, a little um, a little suburb outside of London called Thames Ditton. So literally, I'm just, I'm right next to the River Thames. I'm just about a hundred yards over the Surrey border. Oh. So there we are, staring at London in the very near distance. It's a little quieter, so it feels when in London terms it's quiet uh, compared to where I grew up. It's noisy, but you know, I suppose there's only twenty or thirty thousand people in my neighbourhood. That seems kind of quiet <laughs> in London terms. Yeah, for um, Europe, it's quiet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sounds sounds really great. Yeah, um, yeah. I I was over in the UK last in 2012, and my sister and I walked along uh, the Thames, but uh, mm. that was only over near um, Windsor and so on, a day walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very nice. Before all your uh, great floods. Yeah, we do have those now and again. It's we're about 25 feet above the river on this side, so um. Uh, further down in Kingston, they they definitely get them. I've seen the boats you know, floating around uh, along the promenade uh, <laughs> in the past. Yeah, but um, I, I guess it's just one of those things. The you know the 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 um locks and the the waterways seem to be doing the barrages seem to be doing their work now. Um, I I don't normally do an introduction on this podcast. It's more of a I described it as a, a low tech, low key, low brow endeavor. Uh, an exercise in nepotism. Sure, to yeah, talk to the people. And, and lowbrow. Low that's uh, yeah. I thought I'd fit right in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is obviously why I got in touch. And um, yeah, I mean, I just I love the work that you've done over the years, and the work with Paul Crop as well. And you know, like most people, I have a copy of of this. Oh, well, that's, that's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, grateful you um, you went you bought it and uh, you enjoyed it. I hope. Well, I did, and I just I mean I love the the setup. I love the the background, especially going back to the Aborigines and the colonial era. And I uh -huh. think with wild men reports, we're conditioned to think of them in the terms of you know the Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot for their jaw, you know John Green and the American all of the the american team sure. over there and that's that was the advent of it and they're all the rest of us kind of got a bit jealous around the world and decided we want a wild man too that's right and yeah and exactly the uk's got one yes we've got something <laughs> well, at least it seems that way in the form of the wood woes although I, I know there's many other explanations for that too and there were modern day reports which i've extensively investigated some more reasonable than others yeah. um but with but australia I, I, Oh, Australia, yeah, it goes right back, right back. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a bit about, about that, about the, the, the origins of, of the Yowie. Well, 
Well, um, let me see now. Um, it seems that um, the Aborigines, of, uh, at least of um, most Aboriginal people in Australia, most Aboriginal groups, firmly believed in the existence of big, hairy, ape-like creatures, although they didn't know anything about apes, of course, um, in, uh, in the early uh, British colonial days, the Aborigines had, uh, had no knowledge of apes, but they described these seven, eight foot tall creatures, man-like, covered entirely with hair. They, um, the Aborigines then and still generally refer to the Yowies as men. They, they say they're, now they say they're, they're ape-like men. Whereas most uh, non-Aboriginal people who see them refer to them as some um, uh, man-like apes. Uh -huh. So it's it's like just a slight uh, different take on things. But um, yeah, they um, uh, the Aborigines have oh god scores of different names for them because as you probably know, there are at least two or three hundred different um, yes. language groups in yeah. Australia. So there's scores of different names, uh, including Dulagal, that's in this area, Dulagal, or Wawi, which is rather like Yawi. Um, but uh, generally, when they're talking to Europeans or Aborigines of a different language group from their own, Aboriginal people will use the term hairy man. So um, uh, I noticed that some of the um, uh, translations of American Indian words for the Bigfoot translate as hairy man mm. as well. Yeah. That's one of just many, many, many coincidences between the um, two different uh, traditions in the two different continents. But yeah, um, in, in that book, The Yowie, that you um, showed me just then, uh, we um, uh, had a chapter on Aboriginal beliefs. And um, uh, in our new book, we um, also cover Aboriginal beliefs. Uh, incidentally, this is this will be the uh, illustration we'll use on the, the cover of the new book. Oh, wow. Hold that just a slightly bit higher. Um, yeah. It's slightly kind of got it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. The artist, uh, Barry Olive, he, uh, he painted this years ago and we... Um, paid him 500 bucks for the rights okay. to use it. So we were going to use it on the cover of um, the Yowie, our first Yowie book, but um, the American publisher didn't like it. So, but uh, yeah, well, it'll be uh, on this oh, one. Oh, yeah. It's tough to get good artists, you know, or it's tough to get good artists in this genre who aren't already illustrating somebody else's cryptic <laughs> yeah. books. And that's the... Yeah. That's the toughest yeah. bit, actually. Yeah. 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 Hey, I must confess, I'm embarrassed. I, I I haven't seen your book, and I've only seen pictures of the cover. Oh uh, yes. So, yeah. so how many books have you put out? A Beast of just Britain. Beast of Britain and uh, Beast of the World, Volume One. I just uh, I finished it in January. Published in January. Sorry. And the audio book's just about to come out. Oh, um, yeah. And that was it's one of seven volumes. So hairy mm. humanoids um, is the first one, and I, I think I chose the, the term humanoids instead of hominids or hominids or whatever because it yeah. was quite an ambiguous, you know, upright, hairy, 
cryptid yeah. book and it, it went through various types as well as uh, wild man and man apes and it's more of the um, the relic apes we also looked at things like uh, uh, little folk like the Telma or the uh, Junjardi and oh, um, yeah. upright monkeys and werewolf types and, and the rest of it so um, that, that's where I am at the moment I'm I'm writing volume two which is specifically about water monsters all all, all the various right. types oh yeah fantastic um, yeah, there's yeah. to choose from you know you got a rich rich categorize i mean that that one's even worse than the the humanoids of course because that yeah. seems yeah. to fall into very few categories but the water monsters i mean if you go from a kraken type to a sort of a you know a giant seal or some strange cryptid seal like a doaku yeah. where are you you know where's the with the link so. yeah i know it it is it, well it's it's literally mind-boggling sometimes yeah. it almost makes your head spin yeah but, uh, speaking of uh, the little hairy man can you see my little assistant over there um oh yes <laughs> ah, <laughs> fantastic oh it's a Jan yeah. janjardi uh, i'm interested yeah. in that actually the janjardi i know there are local names as well but are oh. they all I know Gary Oprah told me about the the, the one in Nimbin, the, the Nimbinji, and mm -hmm. I've also heard the term Janjari and etc. Yeah. Are they all the same type of creature and description, or could they be varying types? Well, it seems like broadly speaking, there's a, a a core, a solid core to the to the many many descriptions, and they generally they're generally reasonably consistent. Something about the size of my little friend over there yeah. about three feet three to four feet tall wow. uh, and um, man like well uh, bipedal and yeah. hair covered uh, they seem to um, get around in little groups uh, according to um, many reports yeah. which uh, is unusual with the uh, yaois um, yeah. yaois uh, almost invariably solitary maybe maybe in pairs um but um yeah the um little jundity here uh, <laughs> uh, say hello to andy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. love it to, i was going to pinch um what's his name <laughs> <laughs> i from austin powers you know i call him oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a mini me it, it's <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's just it's funny because um, many of the descriptions of the smaller types to me, the yeah. Janjardi, you know, it's a it's a universal, as you said, it's a universal name, seem more ape-like than the some of the wild man types of Yowie. You know, I'm interested in in that as well. Is there like the Bigfoot? Is there a, a man-ape type of Yowie and the, uh, more of a wild man type similar to the European? Woodwows or the Almasti. I, I hear descriptions that seem to, especially in height and mm -hmm. uh, uh, facial features, seem to vary between those those other types. Yeah, look, um, honestly, it's it's it is very confusing sometimes. Uh, the most um, witness descriptions of Yowies conform pretty well to you know, what you'd expect, you know, the, the classic Bigfoot Sasquatch, okay. um, uh, a face that's ape-like, but more human-like than 
most apes, uh, with a black or brown or, or grey dark skin and uh, very, very long arms, you know, down to the knee or below, very, very wide shoulders and um, uh, maybe a sort of slightly hunched uh, aspect, flat face. But um, as you say, some reports, annoyingly enough, describe something with a quite a human-like face, uh, uh, much more human-like than ape-like. And um, um, some occasionally people say they the thing had a neck as well. Usually, mm. usually the the neck there's there's oh, the um, yowies uh, have the shoulders. A, yeah, head goes straight into the the shoulders, but occasionally they say they see a neck. Incidentally, with the with the Junjidi, uh they often say it has a neck. Oh, so okay. uh, yeah, and um, with the Aborigines, many of them say that um, the Junjidis have sort of um, magical powers, uh -huh. and some say that um, they can um, the the clever men or shamans can can speak to them, and okay. uh, so they're um, they're a bit like the European the fairies of Great Britain. Mm except they're covered with hair. Yeah. Uh, so um, they often, Aboriginal people often ascribe sort of um, magical powers to the Junjidi. They sometimes do to the Yowie as well. So... Um, are these magical powers more to do with their, their ability to disappear or, or are they more supernatural in nature? Um, yeah, disappearing and um, with the Junjidi uh, curing uh, ailments, you uh -huh. know, that they're occasionally That's very, very like, yeah. yeah, they're said to keep an eye on children, you know, to guard Aboriginal children and uh, um, uh, they, um, they can be, the shamans can ask them to cure the child in some cases I've, I've read about. So it's, um, yeah, it's confusing and it's difficult with um, some with the Aboriginal beliefs too, because often Aboriginal people don't want to talk to outsiders about uh, the Junjadis or the um, the big hairy guys. Is it a kind of bad luck um, superstition? That's been, that has been said, yeah, it's bad luck. And uh, also, it's like, well, that's our business, you know. Okay. You've stolen, stolen everything else. You've got um, enough, basically. Yeah. <laughs> We're not giving you yeah. the legends as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I get that. Some, some American uh, Canadian Indians have said the same thing. Yeah, yeah I think some of the um, different North American tribes get into trouble for talking too much sometimes. I mean, individuals often mm -hmm. get a bad name. Yeah. The tribe for you know um i suppose it's perceived as seeking fortune out of the the private histories and legends of mm. of their people and um i understand that i'm in one way i have um, a modernist sort of perspective about it not a typical one i think in sort of european and uh, european colonial sort of society you know the offshoots of that australia and united states and new zealand we sort of fetishize 
the original peoples, First Nations peoples, in a weird way, where we're kind of, oh, yeah, that's your thing and it's private. We understand that you don't want to share that. And in my view, I'm just kind of, we're all part of the world now. You yeah. know everything about us. We sort of know everything about you. These things aren't at the same risk they were at when we our, our ancestors conquered the place. And, and mm. nobody's actually trying to destroy your culture anymore. People are more interested in upholding it. So this yes. could be a nice exchange and sharing point. Not that they're, they're um, required to do so. Yeah. But I think, you know, we're a little bit sort of kick gloves now with people. And that, in a way, not to get off point, is a sort of uh, uh, prejudice of low expectations or softly, softly, you know, uh, approach to people that are kind of hardy anyway. They've been through this whole thing. Their ancestors have anyway. And they've come out the other side. Why not just start on an equal footing? Hey, we'd like to know about your stuff. We promise yeah. we will use it. Could you share yeah. a bit of information? That's my yeah. approach. I'm not sure if it's successful, but <laughs> yeah, well, that would be yeah. that would be a reasonable attitude. I think that's about yeah. my attitude. But yeah, yeah, I try to be very cautious though when I'm approaching it. Yeah. About. And of course, in in North America, particularly in the states. Uh, Native Americans have to be careful that if they say, oh, yes, they do exist and they, they live on that mountain over there, like, yeah. they're liable to get some crazy bastard with a AR-15 well, that's going understandable. Up. Yeah, I mean, that the, they would want to protect against that aspect. And um, there certainly seem to be many people with that, that outlook there uh, in the sense of, you know, I suppose it would be a big payday many hunters and yes. um so yeah sure why wouldn't they do that but in australia that's not really the the same situation and in britain uh, you couldn't find a gun if you wanted one i mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have to yeah. jump through hoops yeah. um yeah, yeah. But in any case uh, i've got to the stage where i don't know where, where you stand on the um yeah. flesh and blood school and the paranormal school but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got to the stage oh, years ago that um, I think there's something distinctly uncanny about wow. these creatures, and um, I don't think you can kill them. Honestly, I uh, I think uh, yeah, the number of people I've spoken to who shot them in the back yeah. and um, they haven't fallen over, uh, barely reacted, uh, and um, in the states, of course, even even 40 years ago when I was first over there chasing Sasquatches. John Green had records of 80 shootings wow. and God knows how many there are now. Um, so 80 shootings, the things are just, where are the bodies? They're not there. They, uh, and um, there are many other reasons to suspect that the, these things are not really, I mean, they're real. People yeah. have real experiences. And the people, the things leave footprints, they kill animals, mm. they, they smash trees, but they just can't be brought down. Um, oh. And they can't be properly photographed. Um, they, um, they should have been run over by hundreds of trucks and cars mm. by now. Uh, that hasn't. So, um, is that to do with this? Um, sorry to interrupt, Tony. Is that to do with this? Yeah. Um, this sort of super physical ability that they exhibit a lot of times. I wonder, you say about the, the shooting being, they're being unaffected by it. 
dense mm-hmm. musculature perhaps you know, matched with a, a supreme physique and could yeah. this could yeah. that be the outcome or is it statistically impossible that we shouldn't have seen the you know, road um road kills and um and and uh, then being brought down by hunters and the like well it's uh, yeah statistically it's just so incredibly unlikely that uh, they, they would have survived i mean um, uh, I know of people who have shot bears dead with 22 caliber rifles. Yeah. Any number of human beings have been accidentally killed with air rifles. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, sp- I've spoken to people who've shot up. Oh, a ranger in Malaysia assured me that a friend of his accidentally killed an elephant with a 22 caliber rifle. Wow. Shot it right in the middle of its yeah. forehead. Yeah. He was he was trying to just drive it out of a um, oh, yes. uh, and so crops, and it just collapsed like a, um, wow. a pack of cards. So, you know, uh, it's it's just impossible that they should have um, avoided being killed. But that the very interesting the clincher is here in Australia. We undeniably had Yowie reports going way way back before anyone ever heard of the American Sasquatch. Mm. We have a, a body of um, Aboriginal law detailing uh, uh, encounters with these uh, Yowies. Uh, and the uh, physical description of, of Yowies m- matches very, very closely to the physical description of the um, Sasquatches and Bigfoot. Mm. Um, and their behaviour too is, in many most respects, almost all respects, just identical. Wow! So it's beyond, absolutely beyond reason that we could have thousands of man-like apes running around mm. in sheer, under un unphotographable, unkillable, and in all over North America, in every state. Yeah. That there's there's thousands more in that nest of gun owning crazies. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just it's just insane. It, it it can't be. Yet the people who see these things are undeniably they have a, a real experience. Mm. The tree breaks are real. Yeah, the footprints are real. The animals with their heads ripped off are real. Yeah, well, that's, that's so what I was going to say. Yeah, it, let me ask you this question actually in relation to that. I I um, spoke to somebody about this recently in regards to the human mind being a, an exploring and a conquering mind often yeah. creates paranormal explanations for failure to understand. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that, or failure to to capture and conquer. I often yeah. wonder when I look at some of the paranormal arguments for Sasquatch and Ness yeah. even, is yeah. this because we can't comprehend that there's something we can't sort of beat in a game of hide and seek, you yeah. know, of, of go find. And we're like, well, it must be. I was in the woods. I saw the creature. So, you know, mm. it disappeared. It vanished into thin air. Whereas perhaps for a creature like that, who knows every leaf and every branch and tree in the same way we know our living room. Yeah. You or your our neighbourhood, the ability to 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 duck out of sight in a an environment that you 
uh, you sure. understand you know fully is 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 intrinsic yeah. to being in that position but one that we can't perhaps understand similarly with the the game cams you know it's got camo on it. it's a camo camouflage game cam how are they not how are they spotting this thing and of course you know so the stuck um i don't know a camera disguises a book on your bookshelf you'd get it you'd see it you say okay this is uh, something's odd here in my house something's out of place what's yeah. that that's not fooling anybody and i i just yeah. wonder is it to do with our, our perception sometimes of, of how of, mm. um, how we would operate in that environment and how we should be able to, mm. to discover um, the natural yeah. world well yes well i mean you know we've toyed with ideas like that we've you know, been all over those sort of explanations uh, over the years, and maybe that's that's the way it is. But um, I mean, well, there, you know, the, the there are many, many other things like the way their eyes evidently glow yeah. when there's no when there's no torch mm. to reflect, and um, the way they appear to be able to uh, mess with people's heads, mm. you know, um, infuse the people with um, with sort of absolutely uh, incapacitating fear yeah uh, it's um, that's 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 common in North America as in Australia yeah uh, yeah we, yeah. we Paul and I call it the nameless dread you know if have you ever felt that Tony whilst you've been out in the, the bush if, if I have it's been a pretty mild dose I, uh, I remember being very scared one time in the Blue Mountains in the fog on a cliff cliff edge. Mm. I was camped on a cliff edge like an oh, idiot <laughs> <laughs> and, um, in the fog. And I'd, um, I'd uh, that uh, that afternoon, uh, Paul Cropper and I had gone to see um, American Werewolf in London, uh, and which freaked me out a bit. That will do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I was very. I was beyond, <clears throat> was beyond just jumpy. And in yeah. uh, in the USA one time in Washington at uh, the Lummi Indian Reservation, I was um, walking around uh, oh, in the afternoon, actually, not in the dark, through some fairly thick scrub near the um, near the dump, the village dump, where a couple of native policemen had um, seen a Sasquatch just uh, a week earlier. And uh, well, I don't know, I felt really really frightened wow. it just got worse and worse but but uh it wasn't um that the level of fear wasn't as bad as what has been described to me by many many other people mm. so some of our witnesses even years later decades later mm. they start crying when they're talking about this like uh, ptsd or something yeah, like that and they yeah. get the um, the um, uh, oh, the goosebumps and everything. Yeah, yeah, the hair standing up on the back of their oh. neck. Um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. What, what, do you have any scientific um, theories on what that might be? If it's a natural ability, like infrasound, people talk about sometimes, mm -hmm. and yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. We went over um, infrasound. I think we uh, devoted a half a page or something mm. to it in the Yowie. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Infrasound is very, very interesting, and maybe, maybe that's uh, the way they yeah. do it. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, it. Um, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm jumping I, ahead, eager yeah. to ask you questions, and I'm not letting you finish. I apologise, but um, 
Yeah, that's uh, all right. I'm a bit tired uh, tonight. <laughs> no, you're uh, fine. I, if it helps, I was up all night with the kids. Yeah. Um, and, jump, uh, jump in. Jump in if I start wandering. I mean, no, my... you're absolutely fine. It, it, it's just um, you know, this is. Now, I know Australians are really polite, but you know, obviously British people, it's almost like a, a game of chess sometimes. And we often polite checkmate each other and other people in <laughs> in an escapable situation. Um, to you, to you. I'm just going to yeah. ask in, uh, I love that show, by the way, I was going to ask in uh, in reference to the infrasound and, and other things like that, if the, and I know I've heard some reports, but is the, the, the terrible skunk-like smell, is that also attributed to the Yowie? And yes. do people often smell it before they have their sighting does it come first or or after the sighting it almost is a deterrent not to follow it's it's, it's usually i suppose usually before sometimes during uh and um sometimes uh, afterwards you know they um in the same area uh, they, they smell it but um yeah sometimes yeah sometimes during the um, during the um, uh, event uh, you remember that that case of the um, uh, what's his name uh, the the ranger who um, uh, you may remember um, what uh, what page is that uh, oh, I'm just trying to there's a good illustration uh, oh where the heck is it uh, oh Oh yeah, yeah. Remember the the, the ranger Percy Window. Oh yeah. Strange name, but that was his name, Percy Window. He's a yeah. veteran, senior ranger, and uh, he stood face to face with this a creature very much like this illustration for um, several minutes, and he was he was petrified with fear, and um, uh, he. He had an axe in his hand, but he he was so petrified that he couldn't. He, oh, he um he soiled himself. He, he he couldn't he couldn't even raise the axe. Wow. And uh, eventually, wow. there was this um, smell. He said that made him vomit. The smell was so bad, just emanating from this thing. Suddenly, the air was filled with this stench. Wow. The person just retched, and this creature did a went to the side with a funny crab-like walk huh. and into the it's jungle up there, into yeah. the jungle, gone. And uh, Percy was so shaken that he took to his bed for about three days. And, um, so he was a veteran ranger. He was a big man, took about six foot six. And um, he was a very good witness. So, uh, yeah, well, in that case, see, he, he was standing there looking at this damn thing for minutes, he thought it was just absolute minutes, and the thing was looking at him with its jaw hanging open and great big. Also surprised eyes. then, yeah. Yeah, hanging onto a sapling, and then it it appeared to be surprised. Yeah. See, they, uh -huh. sometimes they often appear to be surprised, uh -huh. but um, uh, it um, it just um, sort of dropped this 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 foul. <laughs> uh, a bomb and um, and took off, um, but um, but yeah, sometimes they appear to be uh, surprised. There's uh, one one of the best um, sightings in our new book was by a um, truck driver called um, Glenn um, 
uh, shit, that's his name. Uh, anyway, his first name's Glenn. Uh -huh. And uh, he, uh, up near, um, uh, reasonably close to the Percy Window episode, but this was in 2018. Mm -hmm. And uh, the uh, truck driver, it was broad daylight, uh, 10 a.m., and uh, he, he just uh, dropped a load of stuff and was coming down a winding road past the um, Kanungra jungle training area, which has been there for many years. Now, two other, uh, well, one soldier had, um, in 2011, had a, uh, a Yowie run across the road in front of okay. his just a few kilometres up uh, yeah. the yeah. corner. And I think uh, about a year, maybe two, before Glenn's experience, another truck driver who he didn't know uh, saw a Yowie on the same stretch of road, like possibly within 50 metres of where Glenn's experience occurred. Mm. So uh, in, in on both, well, on that occasion, it just ran across the road and uh, the guy uh, freaked and uh, but uh, in Glenn's case this thing apparently fell down the embankment he thought it was a, a boulder coming down the embankment rolling down and it rolled down uh, onto the road he braked and uh, it was a big dump truck he was driving and came right up to it and it just stood up and it was this gigantic bloody ape. Wow. Really tall, really tall. He says it was, it must have been nine to ten feet tall. Wow. Because he, it was so close, it was right up to the mm. bonnet of the truck and he had to look up at it like that. Um, well, he said it did appear to be surprised. He said that there, there are three expressions that went across his face. There was shock and uh, then, um, what was it, shock? Uh, well, indignation and anger were, uh -huh. anger Anger was one of the others. And it thumped the bonnet of his truck and sprung, wow. the, sprung the bonnet a little bit and, uh, and took off. But um, he said it, it did appear to be surprised and... Wow. There have been many other Yowie cases where they do appear to be surprised, mm. but you've got to, got to wonder, well, I mean, it, he could just as easy if, if he was going a bit faster, he would have run it over, you would. Yeah, yeah. And um, plenty of other drivers do speed around there. So, um, again, how come no one's ever knocked one of these over and killed it? And you've, you've never heard a story like that, never heard of a report of one being hit and killed? Um, no, uh, yeah, I've heard of um, them. Um, there was one report we had. I didn't interview the people. Uh, they they told uh, our friend uh, Dean Harrison, I think it was, mm. that they saw something lying beside the road that looked like a big bear. Uh -huh. Or you know something like that, um, but they 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 drove on you know. Yeah. Um, then I think um, oh yes yes um, 
uh, in the uh, very quite close to where Glenn, the truck driver, had his experience, there was the case that we recorded in here where uh, a young lad driving too fast at night in his new car had uh, had uh, collided with a um, Yowie. Mm. But um, if he hurt it, it um, it got up and ran away pretty quick. Um, that was the one where um, Dean Harrison went and uh, interviewed the kid the, the following mm. day, photographed I, the kid. I, I love. I mean, I, I love that sighting. I just think the book, by the way, the the, the previous book, and I, w I will be buying the new one. It's just full of all the things I love. The, you know, there's a history. There's the the witness statements are the most important of all, of course. Yeah, that's oh, yes. always the point. And although people, you know, from a scientific point of view, point of view say, well, that's soft evidence. Yeah. Actually, within our society, witness testimony makes up so much of what we consider to be absolutely valid evidence. You know, you can be convicted on such uh, in many cases. Yes. Um, especially with corroboration, like, you know, and, and my favorite, the antagonistic witness, you know, the unwilling uninterested yeah. witness who can't and see what they've seen. Well, one yeah. thing, uh, just funny on the hour that, that struck me a little bit when you said about the, the road sightings and the, um, the surprises, I'm wondering, are most of the sightings road sightings? And uh, is there a reason for this? Is it just because that's when they're, I suppose, mostly out of the scrub for a moment and probably don't know to judge the speed of traffic? As, a, mm -hmm. as an animal, or do you think in some way there's some sort of exhibition, exhibitive behavior taking place? And you seem to indicate it, implicate it slightly there that they are, you know, almost um, seeking attention from that encounter or at least confrontation. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. Um, I mean, years ago we, we thought, well, okay, most of the sightings of wildlife by ordinary civilian people in Australia take place on the road um, because you, you're zooming along, you might take them by surprise. Uh, and at night, of course, you've got powerful headlights that dazzle the, um, the animals. So um, most, um, I think most uh, ordinary people in Australia uh, are more likely to see animals uh, by the road or on the road than, than elsewhere, apart from common animals like kangaroos, you know, you can see hundreds of them in the uh, in the fields here and there. Um, but um, but uh, yeah, um, I noticed I was reading a book about the um, Bigfoot recently and someone said, how come they, um, they, they don't hear the cars coming? Mm. I mean, that, that there's so many reports of them walking across the road yeah. in front of cars. Just at uh, the right moment. Yeah, yeah. But then again, we, one of um, well, a, a sighting in my own area here, between here and the coast, between Canberra and the far so, south coast of New South Wales, on Clyde Mountain, there was a, uh, a couple who um, were driving down Clyde Mountain, stopped to check their the trailer they were pulling and then noticed a uh, yowie walking across the road uh -huh. behind their car uh -huh. 100 meters back up and um, they immediately thought oh it was waiting for us to go past and it didn't expect us to stop mm -hmm. 
and it, it started to go across the road and then thought, oh, bugger it, I'll just keep going. Uh -huh. uh, so there's there's numerous cases like that. Um, there's other cases where they appear to have been caught out, you know, uh, on a section of road where there's mm. not too much scrub on either side and they just stand absolutely dead still with their back to the car and hope that, well, probably successfully in, in the many, many cases, people think it's just a tree stump and just keep driving. Uh, sometimes they stop and uh, this thing is, oh, shit, and uh, walks off. Uh. <laughs> so, um, but then in, in our new book, we have, um, uh, I think it's three, three cases that are very similar. The witnesses were women and the creatures seemed to be showing off mm. to them, like displaying themselves. Yeah. Uh, in, um, in all of the cases, they were assumed to be young male uh, yaois. Okay. Or, or, or big junjadis. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and they were um, uh, rather slim uh, and uh, rather on the human-like side of yeah. the spectrum. And the women were driving at the time? No, no. Um, one no. woman and her daughter were riding horses mm. and they um, they came up on one side of a ridge and straight into a an open yeah. path. And uh, this thing was just standing there and it was uh, had um, reddish hair all over it, like a uh, red setter, they said. Oh, but oh yeah. Very yeah. nice, well kept. They kept saying, what a wonderful beautiful looking at a creature and it was very slim only about five feet tall and it looked at them and then ran off but it didn't run away it, it well it ran away but in big zigzags oh. as and they both had the impression that it was showing off oh. and it, it was very very athletic none of this yeah. stomping um, mm. great big hulk Move and, and uh, yeah. sleek and agile yeah, and uh, another odd thing was their their horses weren't freaked out, and the they they were able to uh, encourage their horses to follow this thing. They they got to within they were always within about forty meters of it, and then it gets funny, paranormal. You know, cue uh -huh. the ning nong ning nong music. Yeah, it, it this was a, a bear paddock. There was some hundreds of meters away there was heavy scrub yeah um it was a bear paddock apart from a small grove of um saplings stringy bark saplings they're called uh, about um 20 um, centimeters in diameter yeah uh, and and straight and bunched together uh, and um uh the mother said this grove would have um in size been only the size of a small living room mm. So this thing went zigzag, zigzag into the um, the saplings. They rode up immediately and went in. The thing wasn't Gone. there. Wow. And Paul was into Paul Cropper was interviewing the lady, and he said, "What do you mean vanished?" She said, "Vanished." And she said, "I, I don't know. It it just it vanished. There was wow. no holes in the ground. None of these trees were big enough 
individually to hide the thing. It was hundreds of metres from the scrub. Mm. It was gone. It was gone. Um, a, another um, similar event happened uh, at um, northern New South Wales with a very big yowie. Uh, a man and his wife saw this thing go hurtling down their paddock and behind a, um, a large tree. Mm. And the man went down there and the bloody thing wasn't there. Wow. Uh, he rationalised it by thinking, well, there were other trees sort of behind that one. Oh, that used the angle of the tree to... Line. Yeah, yeah but he, yeah. Said, he said, I don't know, he said, I was certain that it was behind this tree. It must have been. But, um, no. I mean, these are the stories. These are the things that, that I think allow us to entertain that that paranormal side and yet in behavior in in predation you know in interaction and and physical sign we still see a, a, an animal that seems to live in a natural environment and that's a you know it's a strange thing um i often mm. wonder looking back uh into into history those first people that observed an octopus uh, camouflage itself to a rock yeah. or a chameleon or you know the people who first observed that behavior without scientific understanding would they yeah. have considered that a magical power and are we you know are we looking at something similar right now with uh, this with this creature <laughs> maybe I, I don't think so <laughs> but maybe look look um, I mean you you're, you know, only half my age yet, so, oh, well, yeah. you're, what are you, in your early 40s, are you? Or? 46, yeah. 46, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, um, you, you may well be right. Uh, and yeah. before you, um, um, before many years go by, so you or somebody else might um, might capture one of these things on film yeah. or yeah. find a, a rotting body of a Sasquatch. Um, but uh, I don't think so. I remember um, quite early in my Yowie research, I talked to Aborigines um, from uh, Wallaga Lake down the south yeah. coast, and uh, and um, I said, well, you know, I'm going to go out there and hopefully, you know, get a photograph of one of these things or something. And uh, uh, they said, the old guy said, um, no, you can't catch them. I said, but you said they're real. And he said, yeah, they're real, but you can't catch them. And um, wow. in in uh, Florida at the Miccosukee Indian Village um, in the Everglades, which was um, visited every 10 or 20 years by Sasquatches, or they call them the, um, uh, what is it, the Yati Wasagi, that's their, ah. their name for the creatures. Um, Yati Wasagi means something like a disappearing man or different oh. man. Okay. Uh, the um, uh, the uh, chief of the tribe there, um, uh, Bobby Tiger. Tiger is a very common name amongst the uh, Seminole people. And uh, and uh, and the patrolman uh, Don Osceola, again another very common name, famous name amongst the Indians. Uh, they they said, um, look, have fun chasing these things, but you you can't catch them. Uh, they said um, these things, we call it the Yati Wasagi, the disappearing man, because to put it in 
Western uh, uh, terms, mm. we believe these things come from another dimension. They come, oh. you know, uh, he said they'll, they'll come here every 10 years, every 20 years, they'll, they'll kill a deer. In his case, the Bobby Tiger's car was pushed around by one of them. Yeah. And uh, there's footprints, but you follow the footprints and sometimes the footprints just end in yeah. mid-swamp, in mid-stride. Same here in Australia. Wow. There's a huge problem with footprints in Australia, by the way, but don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably remember from from the yeah. Yowie that there's a, the, the Yowie has a, a real problem with his feet. Uh, what, what do you mean in the morphology or in, in, a, in its having a more human-like appearance? Uh, well, the, the morphology, uh, yeah, the, uh, uh, the, with the, in terms of the, uh, the uh, Yowie's morphology, it's, it's pretty well agreed what they look like. I mean, mm. occasionally you get outliers that look more like humans and, yeah. and on the other end you, you get outliers that look you know, they're on all fours and they look like yeah. bloody chimpanzees. But um, generally speaking, you know, we've got a pretty good uh, description of the average Yowie from the top of its cone-like head down to its vanishing neck and long arms, uh, long legs like a man. Yeah. But it's fine right down to ankle level and then everything goes to hell mm. because the footprints are rarely consistent. There aren't enough footprints for a start. If yeah. we have hundreds or thousands of these creatures in Australia, there should be tens of thousands of tracks everywhere, but there's, there's, there's hardly any. And um, the what tracks there are are inconsistent in, in shape. We have um, uh, five-toed tracks, which appear to be most commonly reported but then four-toed and then three-toed. Mm. Of course, as you know, three-toed tracks are, in fact, often reported in North America as well. Yeah, yeah. And people are tearing their hair out about that for decades. Uh, so, Like um, the uh, Honey Island Swamp Monster and the uh, Skunk Ape uh, occasionally also as a uh, three-toed yeah. track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, here, it, it goes right back to the Aborigines, you know, this illustration uh, of um, uh, Taramulli, the giant quinkin from uh, North Queensland, mm. the Aborigines said it had three toes on each wow. foot. So... Um, and three fingers uh, also, or, or more? I don't think they mentioned it in the, yeah. um, the source that we have about yeah. the fingers, but um, certainly the three toes. And uh, in the, this is one thing that sociologists uh, or skeptics might pounce upon. Uh, in the colonial era, when anthropologists and explorers were quizzing mm. uh, Aboriginal people about the Yowie, Aboriginal people often said their feet could be were, or were reversed on their ankles, uh. so that their toes were pointing backwards. Uh. So. To make it more difficult for them to be to track them, and this actually that particular um, backwards-facing feet that, that appears in South American reports, yes. it appears in North America, in Asia, 
all over the place, this backward facing yeah. feet. And yes. I often thought, is this a sort of a, a technique of walking backwards almost to, that the creature employs to hide its, its, its root? Yeah. I mean, it seems very complicated, but then you do observe, uh, we do observe complicated behaviors in, in other apes. You know, yeah, could it, yeah, you know, if it's adept at keeping out of sight, would that not be perhaps a very handy um, technique to employ? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yet, in any case, I agree. They, they certainly the um, three to the reversed foot syndrome crops up all over the world. Um, I heard it in an obscure place, uh, Andros mm. Island in the Bahamas. Oh wow. The Yeho, uh, sort okay. of a medium foot, you know, about mm. a five foot tall ape like yeah. creature, but with a tail that the um, local people believed in. And uh, they said if, um, if you run across tracks, uh, bear in mind that the, um, the toes are pointing backwards, so ah. it's the other way. So they said, well, Go the way the toes are pointing, and you'll get away from the thing. <laughs> so, uh, but of course, I didn't see any yahoos. No, no. Yeah. And um, and this is uh, there's the rub, I guess. Something interesting, actually, and um, in *Beasts of, of Britain*, and you mentioned this with the the Janjadi, uh, or Janjadi fairy link. Mm. In *Beasts of Britain*, I wrote a little chapter there, and it was called "The Little People or the Hairy Fairy Folk." And it was literally trying to dig into some of the old myths and legends here and equate some of them to perhaps a diminutive form of primate like the Jinjuri and and the Telma and the, the Rangpendek or you know these different variations. And yeah. I wondered in the past if we had had a population here in Europe that are now extinct and these legends are perhaps the um the aftermath of those because those peoples like the aborigines that still speak of them their legends their fairy-like attributes are similar it seems yeah what do you think about that well yeah yeah i i agree uh, that the uh, british fairy law and irish fairy law has some features in common with the uh the yaoi and the other jantrity anyway and uh but um you know, when you look for links between different phenomena, um, right. uh, have, you seen, have you seen that um, book, The Hidden Sometimes Overlaps? Oops, we nearly lost it again there. No, no, it's it's um it's all back. And sorry for us being so rudely interrupted by technology. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's all right. It's yeah. All right. So you were yeah. you were saying about the um, oh, I was just briefly very, going, very link. Going to mention. Um, have you seen this book by um, S. D. Tucker? No. Uh, the Hidden Folk. It's about fairy lore. And wow. uh, he says, are poltergeists and fairies just the same thing? Wow. Uh, when you uh, examine um, uh, a lot of poltergeist cases, you find uh, that there's okay. yes. fairy, fairy correlation. Yeah, correlated, yeah. Uh, and uh, that had occurred to me too. Um, uh -huh. Paul, Paul Cropper and I... Um, uh, we were embedded in uh, a um, an ongoing poltergeist case back in 1998. Oh. I don't know whether you were you aware of our this is our, it was our third book um, Australian no. poltergeist. I I had no idea that you strayed 
outside of any natural um, research. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're into all kinds of weird stuff these days. Very interesting. But mainly, uh, yeah, mainly. Um, Just a yeah. bit higher there, Tony. We can only see the top of the book. A bit higher. <laughs> Great. Got the whole thing. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in this case, um, we went to um, the Northern Territory to uh, investigate a, a Yowie outbreak. <laughs> but um, at the same time, you know, uh, how uh, sort of strange coincidences often mm. seem to occur when you're doing um, yeah. 40 and in there. research. Yeah. yeah, it happens to me and Paul Cropper all the time. But in this case, uh, Bob Ricard at 40 and Times had um, contacted us and um, said, hey, uh, do you guys have anything much about Australian poltergeists? Would you like to do an article for FT? Oh. So Paul said, yeah, okay, and he volunteered both of us. He lives in Sydney and I live here, so we have to communicate by practically smoke signals back. This was <laughs> 1998. And um, so um, he loaned me several books on poltergeists. I didn't know much about them. But although I had been to a poltergeist site um, up in um, uh, Guyra, New South Wales, and um, so to cut, well, I'll try and I'll try to cut a long story. That's okay. short. Take your time. Uh, uh, we were, I was here in Canberra, and I had my desk just chock a block with um, uh, poltergeist cases. Paul was digging them out, you know, old cases, and I had several books. And an item came on the radio and uh, there was this uh, priest, Father um, Tom English, being interviewed and he was saying, yes, and my crucifix just lifted up and took off across the room. I, I had no explanation. Then a bottle came flying out of the room and uh, he said, uh, it's, it's the laws of physics are being turned on their heads up here. And it was from uh, Humpty Doo, New, uh, Northern Territory, which is just around the corner from the place where Paul Cropper and I were going to um, okay. investigate the uh, ongoing Yowie case. So I thought, now this is strange. I mean, Australia is a bloody big place. Mm. And uh, these two things were going on at the same time. So um, we three thought, well, we've definitely got to get up there now. So we went up there and we, um, we stayed um, uh, got a cabin near this um, house that was uh, infested with poltergeists and uh, visited the house uh, every day for uh, a week, nearly a week, and uh, simultaneously drove out and uh, and uh, interviewed the people on the Yowie haunted property. Wow. <laughs> so um, now, so I thought, well, that's, that's pretty strange. Uh, and then um, so I started to look for Yowie slash poltergeist connections and um, found them. Wow. <laughs> there are other cases where poltergeist uh, effects have been noted in, in, um, in Yowie episodes, during Yowie episodes, particularly um, uh, 1946 out at a place called Wilcania, uh, way the hell out. Yeah. on the edge of the desert in New South Wales. And there, um, 
uh, a, a family uh, were engaged to rehabilitate an old property. So this man and his wife and daughter moved into an old abandoned farmhouse and started to do it up and they started to do fencing and get the place, the property ready again for use. And uh, they started to hear these great thumping footsteps in the loft wow. above the kids. And they thought, what the hell's that? And dust was coming down. And the guy <laughs> got a step ladder and went up and had a look. <laughs> Nothing up there. Nothing there. An act of and, bravery in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. And uh, then um, uh, I, um, when his wife was uh, alone in the kitchen, I. <laughs> He said a dirty, big, six foot tall gorilla like thing burst into the kitchen and grabbed her by the neck and started to drag her out of the house. Guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, well. And so this is 1946, way before anyone ever heard of, oh. well, most Australians, even old Bushmen like him, yeah. never heard of Yowies. So he, she screamed and knocked things over, and the guy came running in and the, um, the Yowie took off. Then, uh, one night, uh, the wife woke up and this thing's standing over the bed, looking at her. She Goodness. screamed again. And the man drove it out and it went around and around in the yard, stamping its feet. And he said, bellering like a bullock. Oh. And the big, big five-toed tracks, five-toed in that case. And it took off. Well, it, then his daughter saw it um, uh, later, standing on the veranda. But they moved out, they moved into an outbuilding. But um, then um, poltergeist effects started to happen. So many uh, stones rained down from the sky that wow. it sounded like hail on the roof. And uh, salt cellars flew across the room, doors, huh. covers that were left shut. Mm. Open. Well, see, that, that was um, even more of a tight correlation than than what I know you you're right there in the same situation absolutely could there be some electromagnetic you know effects I mean we, we talked about infrasound earlier and we talked about other abilities as well as the you know uh, bioluminescence of the eyes and other things mm. people often complain that they you know when they take a picture that they had the creature fully in sight with a clear um, mm. view in their finder and yet it came out blurry and that always sounded like an excuse to me. Yeah, yeah. Could there be something in that, you know, that, that, that there are some other abilities? What, what are your thoughts on, I know that's a stretch, you know, it's always a get out of jail free card, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, your, what's your opinion on that, that type of theory? Well, well I just know that um, people say their cameras malfunction yeah. uh, as they do at Loch Ness. And, and other um, yeah. monster-infested lakes, they, they just seem to malfunction. Uh, another creature that um, has a great deal in common uh, with, um, with Yowies and lake monsters mm. is, um, is the uh, elusive black panther. Mm. Now, I've run into these stories all over the world, and they're almost always in areas where Big hairy men have been reported, or uh, lake monsters. And um, uh, now I'll spoil the story by saying I 
May, I think I saw one myself. It wasn't a very good sighting. Oh, wow. That okay. that was unrelated to Yowies or Lake Monsters, mm. but it may have been what got me started on all this. Ah. Uh, in, in North Queensland, I was driving along at night through um, cane fields where the old highway used to zigzag, mm. and this thing was right beside the road, and the headlights hit it, and it crouched and snarled at us. Wow. And then it was gone, and I thought, what in the hell was that? Yeah. In that case, it was a sandy-coloured cat, like it looked like a sandy-coloured cat, like an American mountain lion. And I, okay. I, thought, I thought, I must have imagined it. I yeah. must have been tired. But I got back to Canberra um, some months later, and um, a young woman at a party was telling me that her father had just got back from Queensland mm. and uh, telling everyone that he'd seen an American mountain lion in oh. the Gulf country. I thought, well, maybe I did see it. But that having been said, most of the sightings of big cats in Australia, as in the UK, oh, this, yeah, yeah. Feature, um, feature, feature black big black cats. Well, there's the, the, the puma or the mountain lion. That's the second most common sighting that we have. Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't occur as frequently as the the panthers, if you like. But um, yeah, I mean, at least here, in a way, there's there's an explanation. We've got the Dangerous Wild Animals Act 1976. Oh, sure. We've got a few key characters like the breeder Lou Foley, in, who said yeah. that he released many of his own Pride of Lions and cats and yeah. other owners in the in the Malvern Hills, and, and, and there was the uh, what was it? Mary Chipperfield, the big, famous mm -hmm. uh, circus family that used to be here. She lost three pumas on Dartmoor whilst transporting them to a zoo. Incidentally, you know, um, her three favourites, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be a a good line of uh, sight mm -hmm. from the the moment the um, the real massive sighting started to occur, and, yeah. um, mm -hmm. and when these creatures were. Yeah. essentially made illegal to keep us uh, back uh, our pets. Yes, yes, I know um, in the UK there are many stories of them being released, um, that's for sure. But um, there are numerous cases of um, uh, sandy-coloured cats, pumas, cougars, being seen either hand in glove in company with big black cats oh, wow. or, or in the same limited areas yeah. that happened that happens in every region of australia and 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 it happens in in the uk i know because um, mm. and it happens in significant places um loch ness for instance on the on the shores of loch ness oh. so um but again it's like you know how i was saying one reason i think that the um, the big hairy men can't really be ordinary animals. They're real, but they can't be ordinary animals because they're seen in at least two different, well, they're seen in every continent, but the ones in North America and the ones here are bloody identical, mm. you know, and they're seen in every state and territory of Australia and in every province of Canada and every state mm. of the US. Uh, it's the same in a way with the Black Panthers. 
They're seen in every state and territory of Australia, uh, including on some islands. Uh, right. They're seen all over the UK, everywhere. Yeah, literally everywhere. And, yeah. and they're, seen, they're seen all over North America. Now, the, the problem there is when, when I've spoken to people who've seen Black Panthers in North America, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I saw a black puma. What's so strange about that? Yeah, well, that, well it's impossible, allegedly, yeah. Yes, there, there, there's no such thing. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if there is such a thing as a, a black puma, mm. uh, then it would be a one-off and it would be a you know one in a million event absolutely yeah. whereas whereas um uh these cats as we said the majority of them are, are black the ones that are reported uh if they were black leopards uh they we should be seeing spotted leopards as well mm. but sightings of spotted leopards are very very rare there's a yeah, that's true. few cases yeah. in australia i was over in new zealand in um uh, 2018 and 2016 and um, they the same thing occurs there mm. sandy cats and black panthers seen in the um, same area that's very so do you think this has some paranormal co um correlation yeah. with so yeah. with these yeah, but no, no it's interesting this is um, nuts um, well, no, I, think, I think it's 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 fine because it's a it the the, the the matchup is there. Um, my just on a side point actually about the black panthers in Britain, mm. uh, because yeah. there are so many black panther sightings. Now I I put that down at one point to um, the popularity of that type of pet over a spotted panther. Probably there, there so is that there is that that sort of you know that recessive gene would have been more common amongst the population mm. released here. Yet mm. at one point I was trying to um, sorry a bit of hay fever. I was trying to um, find out if our country, the UK, could have one of the largest densities of black panthers in the world because they're very rare in the wild. Um, and getting you know, that way. Yeah. yeah, getting that way. But I, I was thinking, could there be an unknown population here that actually constitutes, you know, the bulk <laughs> of the world population in the same way as when you find out there's eight thousand tigers in the United States? That's the bulk. A big yeah, bulk, anyway, yeah. of the the wool population. Oh, sure, oh, sure. But they're they're easily photographed, aren't they? Because they're in cages and in people's oh, yeah. apartments. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But these these things. One thing that the well, there are many things that the black panthers have in common with the big hairy men, and one thing is their damned elusiveness mm. in 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 several different countries, several yeah. different countries, um, and the way they've. Um, occasional reports in Australia of them being shot and just refusing to wow. die. Um, wow. There's there's reports of them having been shot dead, but the bodies disappear. The skin yeah. sometimes, oh, yeah, we skinned it. I had the skin on my bed for, you know, 15 years yeah. and then I threw it out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, um, yeah. But, like you uh, do. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, there's something I, I want to ask you about, actually, in regards to this. So maybe we'll, we'll finish up here. But um, in regards to in regards to the paranormal aspect of these creatures, the Yowie, uh, the lake monsters, and let's say the the the, the big cats. Yeah. What what possible causative phenomenon would 
essentially um, create these apparitions, if you will, or semi-apparitions to inhabit our land. You know, I can always, I always think of the old pinhole camera when I think of ghosts walking a certain route, for example. Perhaps yeah. the environment of the castle and the atmosphere mm -hmm. is repeated every so often, and uh, whatever scene was captured hundreds of years ago is replayed almost as if the the event, the venue itself, itself is a projector. Could that be the same situation for some of these animals, in your view, or have I just uh, stepped over the edge of the flat earth? Uh, no, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, I'm just not sure. I mean, they're seen in so many different localities, different yeah. types of localities. I mean, uh, people who don't know anything about the um, Yowie and Sasquatch Friends of mine, for instance, uh, uh, some, some majority of my friends refuse to listen to any of this. Uh, and um, uh, they, the people who uh, are a bit skeptical about Yowis, yeah, they say, oh, yeah, well, you know, these things, yeah, of course, of course, they're seen um, at night, you know, um, uh, from speeding cars. And naturally, you know, there are shadows and, uh, and people get confused and uh, uh, and of course, at night, you know, you can, if you're tired, you can hallucinate. Um, uh, but 50% um, of our sightings are uh, in broad daylight, and uh, about uh, one third of the sightings feature more than one witness. And some of the sightings are up, you know, up close and personal in, in yeah. broad daylight. So um, I forget where I'm going with this. Uh, well, I think you were just talking about the, 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 I suppose, the reality of it really as a, as a phenomenon, um, as opposed to just a paranormal apparition or a, a replay oh, of events. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It is a phenomenon. It's, 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 it's definitely not just um, hallucinations. Absolutely, I think you'd agree there. It's, it's just not. Absolutely, yeah. I just talk to too many people that essentially don't want to see what they've seen, but they're in an inescapable position, regardless of how it might affect them adversely, societally, with friendships, even with careers occasionally. They can't refuse the reality of their experience. They say, mm -hmm. well, I don't care what happens. I know what I saw. Yeah. I can't step away from that. And yet before that, if you look into their history, there was really nothing to show an interest. In this, or as they used to say, in that Finding Bigfoot show, Bigfoot on the brain. There's no Bigfoot on the brain in the past, and and at this juncture now, because nothing really good happens to you when you go public with a sighting, can be detrimental. In this yeah. period, they wish they hadn't seen it, but they can't, you know, they can't deny the 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 reality of their situation, yeah, or their experience. And that to yeah. me is very interesting. When I find those witnesses, I'm intrigued. I almost, yeah. you know, sort of file and catalogue them and keep them close, but they're out there and there is so much in the world that is still yet to be discovered and we, we make discoveries every year of, of new animals that it would seem plausible in a way that there is something else to find. Well, these are big animals though. These are big. I mean, the cryptozoologists do say, oh yeah, we're, we're discovering new animals. Yeah. Occasionally, a biggie like Megamouth yeah. Shark. That was yeah. that's what thirty years ago now. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, um, yeah. But anyway, look, I got to 
got to apologise for for uh, you know always coming back to the paranormal. Uh, Paul Cropper, when when I told him I was going to do a Skype interview, he said, "For God's sake, you know, uh, 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 don't go all paranormal on the guy." He'll drop no, the go go. Sorry, uh. Uh, but it it just really that is the case. I think. Um, uh, but Paul was very reluctant to go down the paranormal uh-huh. road with me uh, until just just uh, oh, a few years ago now. Okay. He was still, when we put this book out, he was still saying, no, they, you know, they must be real because, you know, case number so-and-so, look at that. There were three people and this damn thing was right in front of them. You know, there were footprints. There, there was twisted yeah. trees. The horses all freaked out. The dogs freaked out, you know. So I mean, yeah. if they're hallucinations, why should the dog have the share the hallucination yeah. with you? But um, but uh, now uh, he's finally come around. I browbeat him into um, into accepting that there's something pretty damn strange about. And that's the- fine, you know. I think maybe the question is, can a paranormal entity be a physical entity as well? And if yes, then there's no problem with the theory. Mm-hmm. Really, perhaps it's the perception of how we paranormal is is immaterial in our minds. Perhaps paranormal doesn't have to be immaterial, and that's the the crux of our definition. Uh, mm-hmm. The flesh and blood say no, it's material. The paranormal say it's immaterial. But could it be paranormal yet material? And that's the mm, yeah. Well, they, they're certainly when they're here, they're solid enough. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. They they appear to be able to just disappear like that. It's very perplexing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, what's it? Um, yeah, I was going to uh, going to go somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I knew I shouldn't have started on the plonk this evening. I, I've got oh yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> what are you drinking? I was feeling pretty tired. I went on a big hike, not today, yeah. but yesterday. And uh, oh. at my age, I still haven't quite recovered. I thought, oh hell, I'm waiting for this guy to come on the Skype. I'll have a have a glass of wine, but uh, it hasn't uh, hasn't uh, improved my conversation. I think. Well, actually, it's been riveting. I hope that you um you you don't feel that it's uh, I've received it any way otherwise. So an interesting thing about the the drink, by the way, I I haven't drunk a drop for 13 years, mm-hmm. and um, because I'm uh, from an Irish and English background, but I grew up in Wales. I yeah. live in England now. The joke amongst my family is the reason I'm living in England is because I was deported. <laughs> really? From not really. It's a joke. Uh, deported for not drinking oh, alcohol. Oh, oh, oh um, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So that's the. Um, yeah, my wife tells me I need to stop making them funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, I would. That's the joke in the family. You live in England now, Andy, because you don't drink. So you know you were exiled from the Celtic states. Yeah. Uh, for shame. For shame. Yeah, um, well, you uh, certainly hasn't done you any harm. You you look younger than your years, anyway. But oh, um, thank you very much. Thank you very oh, much. It might, might be it might be the British um, climate too. You know, uh, here well, we this, get we get absolutely hammered by the sun. This is my suntan, believe it or not, uh, Tony. And I'm not even joking. It's uh, yeah, I, it, that Celtic pale is a <laughs> it takes some time to um <laughs> to to bronze off. I think we'll leave it there, but um, thank you so, so much. So just quickly, where can people find you and find your books if they want to, to get in touch or to buy your, well, buy your previous um, 
Uh, well, um, the um, the Yowie is uh, that yeah. 2006 book. This is one of my favourites as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for saying that yeah. here. Uh, well, that's available on Amazon, of course. And um, I believe uh, Australian Poltergeist, you can still get through Amazon. Fantastic. Uh, our first book, um, Out of the Shadows, unfortunately, is out of print. That's the one that covers, oh. covers Australian big cats, mm. uh, bunyips, you know, the water monster, mm. and uh, and the uh, the yowie, uh, and uh, oh, the Tasmanian tiger too, uh, you know, the thylacine. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been down on a couple of expeditions down to Tasmania in recent years, running around in. That's one creature. That I sincerely hope is not paranormal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe hanging on by its fingertips. Down Much there. hope for the the mainland tassie. What do you think about that? The, the mainland uh, thylacines. Well, certainly. I mean, I've spoken to so many uh, seemingly very solid witnesses who say they've seen them on the mainland. Um, so. Uh, you know, there's some suggestion that they may have been reintroduced to the mainland from mm. Tasmania in uh, the early 1900s because um, uh, there was a, some wealthy uh, landowners down at Wilson's Promontory in Victoria who um, acclimatised some Tasmanian creatures into Victoria. And um, uh, a couple, about four... Tasmanian devils have been run over and killed in Australia. Uh, two oh. of them in Victoria. So, um, I mean, if I was a wealthy um, landowner and I wanted to um, ensure the survival of rare Tasmanian creatures, the first one I would go for would be the Tasmanian tiger. And there were, you know, many still alive in the very early 1900s. Mm. So I don't know, but um, certainly um, uh, Wilson's Promontory and that part of Victoria is uh, rich in um, Tasmanian tiger sightings. But again, nobody seems to run them over on the road. They run over. Yeah, well, that is that is a thought. Perhaps a little more sort of inland. Well, look, it's a it's a favourite in our house um, with my two young daughters, and uh, they've got some of the figurines of them and. The older right. one is a bit of an artist. Is always drawing pictures of Benjamin, you know, the last oh, Tassie okay. from Hobart Zoo, and sad, uh, yeah, yeah, talking about uh, could they still be real? And she's more skeptical. The younger one thinks mm. it's all still real. So there's, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, jeez, yeah. Well, last time I was down there was 2015, and. Uh, I was sort of just uh, trying to hang on to the hope that uh, they might be there. Yeah. Certainly, it's not difficult to find people who say they've seen them. Yeah. Uh, but um, but it must be. A, I mean, a, what would you call it? Um, a functionally extinct creature, even if still existing in pockets within yeah. uh, within the mainland. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be very very few of them. But uh, Nick Mooney, the um, the ranger, he's now retired, yeah. who um, was, uh, his job was to, part of his job was to follow up every thylacine report for yeah. really decades. And uh, he's 
well, for a long time, he was very sceptical. After about the early 80s, he thought, no, there's no chance. Okay. But, uh, when I spoke to him in 2015, he said, well, there's a, there's a few reports that I just can't explain okay. away, can't shake them. And he said, uh, look, you know, there is a, a chance, you know, there might be some a few pods of them mm. in, in, in a couple of areas. Um, and... Um, Whereas in the colonial era, they were relatively easy to um, catch and kill. So maybe the the cautious ones, the, the shy mm. ones, withdrew to the, the, the really dense bush and uh, schooled their children or offspring into uh, also being very shy of humans. So yeah. that's the case. But, yeah. um, you know, then again, some of the people I spoke to said they saw them way over in eastern Tasmania uh, crossing the road, you know, like a yeah. like Sasquatch. Um, so if they're there, I hope one isn't run over, but I hope someone with a dash cam gets... Yeah, I mean, that's the hope these days, that everybody's got a dash cam. Mm. And if these road sightings of all types of things, uh, the Sasquatch and other things in the Yowie are mm. as common as we think, then mm. the age of the dash cam should hopefully add something yeah. to that. And if it doesn't, I think your theory would have more weight, really, because we've got so many road sightings and yeah. you would expect the dash cam captures to increase over time. Yes, and yes, that, indeed. That doesn't seem to be the case well, yet either. Certainly, I have my dash cam going all the time. I mean, in Tasmania, I had two dash cams pointing forward <laughs> and two pointing oh, to right. the <laughs> But, um, well, yeah. yeah. If you have a bump, you know, they'll certainly know who did it. But, um... <laughs> yeah. But uh, that fellow, uh, Glenn Kilmartin, that's his name, the fellow who, the truck driver who had the great big yeah. Thumped the front of his car and just glared. Amazing. Yeah. He said um, it was. He said it was a real shame that that day he wasn't driving his own truck. For once, yeah. his truck was in 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 uh, the workshop, and he said, I, "I've got a dash cam in my own truck. This truck I borrowed has no dash cam." It's always like that. Yeah, and it's I thought like yeah. I, I I didn't say well, Glenn. You know why? You know why you saw it because you didn't have a camera. Yeah, well, uh, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. Well, the, the, the the coincidental um, failure to capture evidence in all of these cases seems to be seems to be very very. Um, well, there's something in it. Like I say, there's something in it. I always wondered with the Patterson Gimlin film if the reason they captured that is because it was on a Super there was no electrical signal. They had mm. the yeah. they had the uh, scent of the horses with them. You know, almost mm. any electrical output was missing as well as, you know, the, their scent being covered by the scent of wild animals. Yeah. And in going out and looking for some of these things, I've often tried to take just a nice, nice sort of manual, you know, old school camera with me. Nothing that yeah. is something you have to wind and it yeah. doesn't have any any charge to it, any electrical output, and I wondered if that would help. Yeah. It's never helped, by the way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's yeah, kind of philosophically I'm trying to, yeah. to go in some of the uh, endeavours and adventures. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I walked around um, uh, North America for a, a full year with a, um, 
uh, Nikon EL2 around my neck. And I always, I always had my thumb on the, uh, uh, yeah. the uh, I was, I was right there. I did, I saw nothing, but um, yeah. I used to refer to it as my um, Sasquatch repellent camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's hope it works on bears and, and other things too. I tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop off and um, oh, thank you so yeah. very, very much no, for spending right. so much time with me, um, yeah. especially post hike. And uh, I'll, I'll post this in a few days. And uh, sure. anybody who's watching, there'll be links to Tony's books and um, and where you can find him and everything else. Sure. Tony Healy, yes. thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Jack. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Cheers, mate.